0: often wear many hats in life, mother, daughter, wife, ex-wife, caregiver, mom, taxi, chief cook, and bottle washer. In most cases, we're doing all this while holding down a full-time job or even running our own companies. It's often high pressure and most always involves stress. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women in high-stress professions where we'll discuss how to manage the stress at work and at home so you can feel happier, healthier, and more successful. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence.
1: Welcome to Sprinting to Success Podcast. My name is Esme Lawrence. And on today's episode, I have the pleasure of learning from Jackie Rainforth. Jackie is a record breaking, award winning sales expert, nicknamed the Rainmaker by her peers. She's the author. Of the upcoming book, The Bad Ass Guide to Superstar Selling, with a corporate and entrepreneurial sales background. Her achievements include the coveted nomination of the RBC Woman Entrepreneur of Canada Award. Jackie, thank you so much for hanging out with me today on Sprinting to Success Podcast. You are welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up. Well, I was actually
2: born in Montreal, but I've spent most of my life here in Calgary.
1: Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose Calgary to live?
2: It was a parent thing. The parents decided they, <laughs> they up and moved from Montreal and, and that was it. They saw Calgary as a, you know, they saw it as the future uh, full of prosperity and opportunity. And so they did. And it turned out to be exactly that.
1: Oh, awesome. So you came from the corporate world and now is an entrepreneur. Um, so why did you make that transition from corporate into the entrepreneur world?
2: Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I kind of went corporate entrepreneur and then back to uh, corporate again because of family choices. But recently, what, in 2016, I had a near-death scuba diving accident and it changed my life it really did what happened was well how do you say this my uh, all the capillaries in my lungs ruptured and filled with fluid and i my heart stopped wow i crossed over And it took me a while to kind of figure what was going on. But, you know, I I saw the beautiful white light. And more than that, I felt amazing love for my family and my husband and my children. When I kind of figured out what had happened, I was like, no, no, please, not now. I I think, I don't know if that's a normal reaction, but I was like, no, not now. I have other things to do. And the message that came back to me was, You've been missing all the signs and signals. You know, you need to get out there and help other people feel more confident and successful right. in what they're doing, and you have a new path ahead of you. Wow. Wow. It was, yeah, it was a wow. I mean, uh, you know, I what happened was I had a, a very rare condition where my body couldn't tolerate negative water pressure, and of course, this all happened when I was 45 feet down under the water. Wow. By the time they got me up and got me to the hospital, I spent 3 days in critical condition and you know I had a 6 week recovery after that, but I spent that time really thinking about what did that message mean and really reflecting on my life and how could I contribute? What could I do to help people? in terms of feel more confident and secure in what they were doing. And so I chose, you know, I look back on my career. I had owned my own sales agency at one point, and my favorite part of it was training salespeople. So I thought, that's what I need to do. And that's what I did. And so that started the new path.
1: Okay, so you went back to what you're good at and decided you can help others um, become good at being a sales expert.
2: I went back to the part of the job where I had the passion That really fulfilled me, made me happy, and you know, um, excited me. It's funny. I'll I'll do a training session. I come out and I think, hmm, I could do that for free. Don't tell anybody that. But
0: you know, (laughs) like
2: (laughs) that's how I feel. I feel like, I mean, I love it so much. I love seeing you know, the ideas connect and people grow and their confidence, their confidence improve. You know, I really believe we all have two tapes. The two tapes are, I'm not good enough and I don't belong. And to see them connect where they think, yeah, I can do this. I am good enough. I, I do belong in this job. I rock this. Right. It just gives me such joy. And that's where the passion comes from. So that's I'm blessed. I get to do what I really, really love, you know, all the time, every day. Oh,
1: that is awesome. So you teach um, people how to sell and sell what? What are they selling?
2: Well, okay. I take salespeople or business owners. And I help them delve deeper, sell better, and achieve faster results. The name of my book is The Badass Guide to Superstar Selling. So I always joke, people say, what do you do? And I say, oh, I make badass superstars, you know. (laughs) But, But really, what I do when think about a horse race like the Kentucky Derby. You'll have a pack of horses and they all train and they all work with, you know, they do all the preparation and they get ready for this big race. They line up in the stalls and the bell goes off and they all start running. And as they're running in this pack, what you find is one or two of the horses will just kind of leave that pack and they'll head off on their own and they'll just be ahead of the pack by a bit. And typically the one horse that wins, wins by a nose. He just did that little bit more mm-hmm. to win the race. But here's the thing. The horse that wins a Kentucky Derby gets tens of millions of dollars. Right. The horses that you know are left behind kind of in the pack, well, they don't get near that much, right? So right. what I try to do is take people, help them to recognize that doing that little bit more and helping them to refine their skill set to do that a little bit more, makes them, you know, pushes them into the top 1% of their industry. That's what I do.
1: And so what's a little more? A
2: little more, uh, a little better service, a little more consistency, uh, ask a few more questions, delve a little deeper, Find out what the emotional trigger is behind what they're doing. You know, when a customer makes a decision, like say someone's buying a home, you go in and someone's buying a home and they say, Well, what do you need? You know, I need a three bedroom plus, you know, an extra bedroom in the basement and I need a kitchen and this and that, and da da da, and they list it off. Well, if you don't ask the questions, you don't understand that, you know, maybe they need that fourth bedroom for an ailing parent or they need it for you know a kid's playroom or they need it if you don't know that then you can't really you don't connect to the emotional thing that's driving them and so if you can learn to do that and tap into that just by like I say delving a little deeper that's what
1: really makes you rise to the top So you have to um, ask the questions and get to know the clients. Yes. And then that way from the questions, from their response, you can um, tell, um, you know, which way to direct them, I guess.
2: Well, it's, you know, it's about if you just say, oh, well, this house has a fourth bedroom and it's, you know, it'll be great. You'll have an extra room versus saying this house has a fourth bedroom, which will give you the space and opportunity which means that, guess what? You're going to have a great safe place for the kids to play without worrying about, you know, them running around or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like tapping in or rest assured that your mom's going to have a safe place to be and you can be there for her. I mean, you know, it's a lot more provocative and meaningful to the person that's purchasing when you tap into that emotional trigger that's really pushing them to buy whatever it is you're selling.
1: Right. So what is modern selling? Modern
2: selling. (laughs) it's changed in the past you know back in the day like the industrial revolution they introduced all these new things we had electricity and water and all these great things and salespeople used to go door to door to these homesteaders and say hey I've got this great newfangled thing and the homesteaders I need that and they buy it Mm -hmm. and then you know um, in the 60s you had the pizzazz selling where The infamous door to door salesman that would, oh, and if you do this and do that, and you'd have all these great, you know, kind of lines and they'd wow you. But sometimes people would feel that they bought into the pizzazz and, you know, they regretted the purchase afterwards. Then you moved into what we call consultative selling, where you know you acted you you kind of there was still a script i guess you could say and you, there wasn't access to information like there is today today you've got the internet you've got you know everything's out there so consumers know they have much more knowledge they're much more informed whereas when it was you know back a decade or so ago it was the salesperson got to control the information right and that made a big difference because you know if mrs jones thought that one salesperson was the only salesperson available selling that product because they didn't have access to the internet versus now the client can go on the internet, see that there's a hundred people selling that product. They know exactly what the prices are. It's changed. It's not just a purchasing transaction and scripts just don't work anymore. It's about building credibility, authority, and authenticity with your client, building trust, Right, and you know um, that's changed because people do distrust, and there's this old stereotype of salespeople that exists. That you know, I don't know if you've ever walked in a in a furniture store, and then the person comes after you and is like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm 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 good. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I don't need you. I'm good." Right, right? and because people fear the sales experience because they've been through it before, and right. so a lot has changed in selling. You've also got the introduction of the millennials. Millennials are much different than the boomers. I mean, in the day, the boomers would buy a product and if it failed, you know, they they were kind of it took a lot of time and effort and energy to return it or replace it or whatever. So they relied on brand name and they were willing to pay the money for a brand name product. Mm-hmm. Well, now millennials, you know, it's not about brand for them. They go online, they check out the reviews, it's word of mouth. And there's so many things that have changed in selling today that it's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a new way of selling and people need to know what that is because it has changed so significantly on multiple levels.
1: Yeah. Well, the customer has more power, absolutely, um, because as you said, they can go on online and they can research, yeah, and um, and get that knowledge, and um, you know, so they're not just relying on the salesperson to give them the information. Yeah. So then, um, how would you recommend, or what, um, what would you say if somebody's trying to create a brand on social media? Like, how? Ah. About, what would you tell them? How do you create a brand? A brand. <laughs>
2: okay. First of all. Every salesperson should be creating their own personal brand on social media. I mean, it is everything these days. It really is. Find out, you know, identify what your avatar is. Who is your market? Are they on Facebook? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Twitter? Are they on Instagram? I mean, and each social forum has a different market. They really do. Mine, for instance, is LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I. I'm dealing with business owners and, and uh, organizations. So I go to the LinkedIn. There are four different ways that you can kind of communicate. You can, you know, you can do your own postings. You can do your own videos. You can, you know, build your brand that way. You can communicate with people that are doing their posts and their videos, and you can respond, you can interact. There's, you know, there's so many ways that you can interact on social media these days. Yeah you know, talk about your personal life a little bit, you know, hey, who are you? And people get a feel. The more they see you, they recognize you, they understand that your values and your level of integrity matches theirs. They're going to trust you. And that's what selling today is all about. It's about building credibility and, and trust. Right. And social media helps you do
1: that. So is that called social selling? It is for sure.
2: I mean, well, Is it called social selling? Yes, it is. I mean, there's also, you know, you can take it the one step further where you're actually selling products, but here's the thing, the real secret to success in in social media and selling these days is really about educating and providing and giving value. It's not about selling. The more you sell, the more it turns people off. It's about providing them Um, tools, information, you know, the more it's a partnership with your clients these days, it really is. People are looking for advice. And, you know, when they used to come to you at the beginning of the sales process and ask you all those questions about the product, they don't do that anymore. They're coming in at the end of the sales cycle. And so, you know, when you're on social media, you really are building credibility and trust. That's what it's about.
1: So how would you help your com- companies get better at sales and get faster results?
2: Ah, uh, Well, there are a number of things. One is by asking the right questions. And of course, that's, if you can get down to that deeper emotional need, that really makes a difference um, because I have two magic words that I use. You know, in selling, we always sell the feature, the benefit. I take it the one step further and add that emotional need to the end. So I'll say, you know, yes, this house has, you know, the fourth bedroom. It's great for space. You'll, you know, it'll, what is it? What does it do? And then what is the emotional need? Right. And which means mom can have that safe place to be and you can be there and help her as she's, you know, going through. Whatever it is that she 's going through or wow. um, and the other thing too, is that i 'm an advanced facilitator for true colors when you know neuroscience and neuro selling is becoming a very big thing. Selling in the past has always been economics in terms of you know dollars and cents and value and profit margin and all of that it 's not about that anymore. Selling has shifted into emotional selling. So emotional intelligence, psychology, neuroscience. Now what they're doing is they can tell they will, they're doing scientific research that the body reacts when a certain sales situation is presented. And what I do that I think is very unique and different from anybody else out there is I do talk about the psychology of selling. We need to sell differently to men than we do to women. Mm. We need to sell differently to boomers than we do to millennials. And, yeah, and there are four different personality types. You need to sell to each one of those four personality
1: types differently. And that's what I help people identify. How do you do that? How do you sell Uh, to women? How do you sell to men? Like, how do you do that?
2: Well, women they're hunters we love to shop the racks and look and find the best price that's and, right you know compare and come on right we've got to check out like 10 shoe stores before we find before we find that perfect pair that's
1: special put that special um shoe <laughs> you
2: bet you bet and Men, on the other hand, they're very, you know, women are right-brained. We're very creative. And, and men are very left brain which is logical and analytic. They mm-hmm. go in. They have a purpose in mind. They want to get in and get out. That's it. And mm-hmm. I don't know what the men in your life, your husband's like, but I know mine. He's exactly that. Ex-husband. <laughs> like, oh, ex-husband. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They hate shopping. Okay. I'm making a generalization there, but no, there's a a different, we like to hunt and they like, you know, they're very purposeful in their, in their shopping. They go in and that's it. We are very, you know, if, if a guy figures he's getting great value for the product, he'll just pay the price. Whereas a woman, we, we tend to really want to bargain. And um, so yeah, there are lots of differences between men and women in shopping
1: lots. (laughs) (laughs) So your peers call you the Rainmaker. Why is that?
2: Oh, well, (laughs) oh, the Rainmaker. Yeah. My last name is Rainforth. And I don't know if you, well, a lot of people don't know what a Rainmaker is. But a Rainmaker kind of started off in the legal profession. And it was a name that was given to... The, the people within the firm who brought in the most money and the, the higher clientele and brought in the prestige and the big clients. And I've been a top performer at every company I've ever worked for. I've, you know, I'm a record-breaking award-winning salesperson. Nice. And as a result of that years ago, they just started calling me the
1: Rainmaker ah. and the name kind of stuck. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's kind of nice. huh? It is.
2: It, it was very kind of them. At first I, I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? Because I had no idea. Uh, they were just smarter than me. What can I say?
1: <laughs> and it, now it's to your advantage.
2: Now it's to my advantage. Yes, it's definitely to my advantage.
1: Right. So, so, so Jackie, you said, when you write down clear, specific and measurable goals for yourself, yes. you dramatically increase your success. Why yes. is that?
2: well here's the thing it's like it's like using gps to drive when you know where you're going and you take the best path there you're going to get there faster right. and you know goals are the same thing if you don't set goals and I, i'm a big believer in setting stretch goals because oftentimes we think we can only achieve something but when we set those stretch goals oftentimes, you know, and I've run my own sales teams, they will achieve it. They really do because success, you know, it's kind of like a snowball and it, it fuels it. It keeps it going. And, and that's when you write, it's, it's part of that kinesthetic learning too, right? When you write it, when you see it, when you hear it it, it sinks in, in a different way. It sinks in, into the brain in a different way. And so um, that's why it's really important to make sure that your goals are written down and not only just written down, but write down why, right? Why, exactly. You know, what is the end? And again, just like customers, we have an emotional trigger that's driving us, whatever that is, whether it's, you know, if your why is I want, I want a big vacation at the end of the year. or (laughs) I want a big fat paycheck, or I want to advance my career. Everybody has a different reason. But when you put down the why and you visualize what that is, you will meet that goal
1: much definitely. Yeah. I I love to write down my goals. And uh, when I write my goals down, you know, and I say why, one of the key thing for me is going back and looking at it often. Yeah. Because if I don't, I'll forget <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, I'll, yes. and I'll stare off the path. But if yeah. I write my goals down and I look and go, yeah, yeah I want to do this. Yes. When I was writing my book, I said, okay, my book, I have to release it on my mom's birthday. Okay. April 7th, that book needs to be done. Okay. Now it's, um, it's December. All right. Okay. I need to step on it. Right. Wow. So I look down and yeah. look at my goals and it really drives me, um, you know, to push and reach it. Right. And, 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 and you know what? And you say something, you have to stretch, right? Don't make easy goals. I mean, like sometimes you can, but if you really want to be successful, you have to stretch and make difficult goals. Yes, definitely. Right. And then you have to stretch and you have to really do a lot of work to get it done but when you get it done oh my god it feels so good doesn't it <laughs> yes. yeah well hey you're you're the one talk about goals i mean you're the olympian <laughs> that's right that's, that's true i had goals and i've reached a lot of my goals and um but i know how i know the importance of it you know even with my son he's a swimmer and i tell him write down your workouts write write down what you want to do You know, and of course the people don't just, they don't understand the importance of it. Right. But I'm working on him (laughs) so so he can write it down and he can look back and it's a way to track your success. It is definitely, definitely. And so it's really important. It is. Now you have a quote on your website by Jim Rohn and you said, successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. Now, what does yeah. that mean to you?
2: Well, I think, you know, a lot of people sit in the comfort zone. And, oh, right. <laughs> you know, it it's, yeah. it's like the pack of horses. Um, for instance, my my daughter is a wine rep, and she did a big promotion with one of the big stores in town. And, and we use that, uh, you know, I call it the powerful perspectives. It's the the four different personality types. And we did things like put up balloons, made sure we had spec sheets, made sure we had a giveaway, bright, colorful things so that we hit each target market when she was selling. She blew it out of the water. She sold an entire pallet of wine (laughs) in, in an hour and a half. And I mean, it was huge. This year, you would think that people would have copied. They would have copied the balloons and, you know, maybe the the giveaways and the signage and all of those things. But this year, nobody bothered to do any of it. Hmm. They saw her success last year, but they didn't do it this year. And again, she did the same thing. And, you know, she was the first one sold out. Right. It was great. Like, I don't know. I think sometimes we need to really... We need to dream big. We yeah. need to visualize big. That's right. And we need to do the little things so that we are that horse that pushes ahead of the pack and, and really wins the race, um, right. you know. And forgive ourselves if we don't, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. <laughs> we're not always yes. going to win, but uh, I believe the effort, anything, you know, you reap what you sow and right. anything you put out there is- Oh, is for
1: sure. Good. You know, and you know what? We make mistakes, you know. We so, do. what are some of the mistakes you made in becoming an expert seller?
2: Oh my gosh! You have a day. Oh my goodness! Oh, just I give mean, me one. Just give me one example. Oh, one. Um. Oh my goodness. Oh gee, there's so many.
1: Which one do I choose? Well, I like the one that you use on on YouTube when you said you pretended you knew somebody. Oh, oh, if you were name dropping, that was a good one. That one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was humiliating. That was just humiliating. That was a very big life lesson. Yeah. yeah. I basically went in and thought that name dropping would really get me far. And <laughs> little did I know. <laughs> you know, well, let's just say I left there with my tail between my legs. I was yeah. humiliated, embarrassed, ashamed. And I would never ever dream of doing that again. It's, yeah. it's not a good, <laughs> you know, another thing when I got really, really successful, another thing that, uh, you know, and it's embarrassing to say I did this too, but I let my ego get, get the better of me. And I think we always need to maintain a lesson in humility and to stay humble. Right. I I think it's important and I didn't, and that was a big mistake, yeah. but you know, we were, and salespeople, we, you know, our personality type, we can sometimes be cocky at the best of times, yeah. but you add a big fat ego to that and it's it's not good. It oh, wasn't
1: yeah. good. Especially yeah. if you're a number one salesperson, you know, you get a big head, right? You know? Well,
2: yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes dealing with people like that. <laughs> That's right. And be, being humble. But you, you know, know what was interesting? Yeah. What was really interesting about that, Esme, was that it was the most unhappy time of my life too. Really? Yeah, it was my, I was unhappy in my career and, um, I was just, yeah, it was just, it, it was the lowest time of my life. It really was. And, you know, do you compensate? I don't know what it was, but yeah, I was very unhappy.
1: So you weren't, you weren't living your authentic life. You're authentic self.
2: No, 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 no. I was not.
1: Yeah. It wasn't good, but
2: We learn, you know, that's the great thing about life. We get to brush ourselves off and, uh, you know, get back on that horse. I do like horse analogies, don't I? Yeah, you do. It works. But it <laughs> works. Yeah, you go on that horse and away you go, you know? That's and,
1: right. Yeah. So now fast forward, you were nominated for the Royal Bank of Canada Woman Entrepreneur of Canada Award. How yeah. excited was that? Tell us about that.
2: Oh my gosh, that was it was beyond exciting. It was shocking actually because I wasn't expecting it. Uh, my branch manager uh in commercial banking had actually nominated me. And yeah, it was big. I I mean, I was was nominated with some of these like phenomenal women that, you know, owned research companies and were doing (laughs) medical miracles and like, oh my gosh, it was amazing. But, you know, sometimes (laughs) you just get, you just kind of lock in on that goal and the vision and I had a great team who to this day are still some of the most sought after salespeople. Um, Some even own their own sales agencies. And they're still sought after because they're the most amazing team of people that were working for me. And we were extremely successful in what we were doing. We, you know, we had a global brand and we increased sales 280% in four years. It was millions and millions of dollars. So yeah, but
1: again, I, you know, it, it was a team effort so oh, that's, that's awesome so yeah. you must you know, pat yourself in the back for that the award the, no, the nomination that's awesome well thank you it's yeah yeah, uh, yeah. thank you I'll You're graciously welcome. thank you just You're say thank welcome. you yes, thank you so now how do you decrease stress in your life mm. oh well okay
2: so remember that ego person um yes. way back when i was also a workaholic crazy person and, you know, I had a couple things happen in life, physical things. I had a severe uh, break, the called a Liz Frank fracture in my foot, which is probably one of the worst things you can do to your foot. Mm. But it was a long recovery. And uh, I really reevaluated my life and the scuba diving thing yeah. that I mean, everything changes, your priorities change in a big way. And so when it comes to what can i say i <laughs> it just changed my life and i try to my family first always
0: right. always
2: always always family first my kids call i mean you know i take those calls i make sure that they feel like they are number 1 in their in my life and yeah. because they are my husband he travels a lot so i try to schedule you know my work life kind of around his schedule so that i yeah. can spend that time with him and I, you know, we're very blessed. We've made some personal changes. We've got a, a, a house out at Pine Lake, and we go there. I golf and I go nice. boating, and I—it's like my refuge. I get there and I just decompress.
1: Right.
2: Every day, though, I do try to breathe a little more <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not very good at it. It's like, oh yeah, remember to breathe. That's right. Yeah. Um. And I think my resiliency has changed. I don't, you know, I, I really pick the things to worry about. I don't worry about anything and everything like I used to. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's part of maturity. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Well, you pick your battles, right? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. You decide yeah. what's important. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, I mean, and you know what? Worry will get you nowhere. Exactly. So why yeah. worry? <laughs> just
2: And I like what you said to me once. You said you don't have to catch everything people throw at you. You yes. can dodge it. I mean that has oh my gosh, that was just brilliant. It oh, it, it really was. It was. It was brilliant because I think I've spent way too many years catching what people were throwing at me and I realized over time that no 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 that's you, you just let that stuff drop and keep on Focusing on your goals and keep moving down your own
1: path. Right, exactly. You know, because I mean, if somebody comes in, they have, a, they have a bad day, they throw an insult at you. You don't have to catch it. It's mm. their issue, not yours. Exactly. Right. You stay in the positive mindset and, and keep track on your goals. You don't worry about that person. Yes. Right. okay, Whatever. And just move on. Right. Yeah. So that's why I said you don't yeah. want, you know, that yeah, So because if you catch it, all of a sudden you're in a bad mood. It takes yeah. you off your goals. It takes It takes you off your path, right? Yeah. So don't you know? Don't catch what they're throwing at you.
2: Dodge and in it. my in my <laughs> younger days, I was guilty. I was guilty. Guilty. Another life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> but You're I was. Right. I was guilty of it. And you know, you try and defend or stand up for yourself or you know whatever it was. And and um, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, you know you. I went to a conference um, by Lisa Nichols, motivational speaker, author, you know, and, um, and she said, what other people think about you is none of your business. And I love that, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes we, you know, wondering what do people think about me and you, so it's in your head and, you know, but, but why worry about what they think about you? What right. is what you think about yourself? As long as you're a kind, caring person, you're not out there to you know, hurt anybody, you know, yeah. th- you know, like think about what you want in yeah. life and not yeah. worry about what they think about you or throw their negativity at you you don't need that right, right? so just it's what yeah. you think about yourself that really matters who you think you are that matters
2: yeah and you know since the scuba diving thing i've also changed you know i i look at it <laughs> i've also surrounded myself i think there's two types of people out there you've got your balcony people who love you support you hold you up and don't judge you regardless They just love you. And then you've got your basement people. And those are the people that will drag you down and, you know, try and hold you back. And those are the people that are usually throwing that stuff at you. Right. I've made a conscious effort to just have balcony people in my world um, Mm -hmm. because life is too short. Let me tell you, when you're that close to losing it, you uh, really look at things differently.
1: Right. Definitely. So Mm -hmm. go back to the younger Jackie who felt afraid. What words of wisdom would you give yourself so you can believe in yourself? Oh, what words of wisdom? Um, Wow. First of all, don't catch what
2: people throw at you. Nice. And to know that, I think it. I think there's comfort in knowing that everybody has the same two tapes. You know, I'm not good enough and yeah. I don't belong. I think, and be kind. Be kind. I would be much kinder to myself. I would yeah. stop the negative chatter that goes, you know, that used to go on in my head. Oh, right. you know, I'm not thin enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. I have to... You know, I have to be the best. No, you don't. You are good enough just the That's way right. you are. Yes. You are more than enough just the way you are. That's right. So, yeah, that would be, that would be
1: probably what I would say to my younger self, for sure. Yeah. Oh, great advice. I love it. Oh, so, so um, Jackie, you're successful, but what are you still struggling with now? Oh, What do I still struggle with?
2: I think the negative chatter in my head, I I struggle with that. Um, You know, I think my confidence. I think that we have fear. I have fear mm-hmm. you know, it doesn 't matter how successful you are and mm-hmm. in my book, I talk about fear. I talk about being a couch potato, you know, my very first job, and <laughs> poor George, my boss, if he hears this he 'll oh my gosh, well, I put it in the book too, so he 'll know right. <laughs> <laughs> but it 's out you there know, I, fear fear holds us back from so yeah. many things, and it doesn 't matter where we are in our career, where we are in our lives, whether it 's You know, um, the fear of speaking up the fear of, you know, I don't know, uh, trying something new, the fear of, I, I mean, we're just bombarded with fear. And I, I believe that we need to push past it because I see it in a, in a, in a set of three, you've got pain, you have fear and you have strength. And usually pain, you know, something happens that triggers us to feel that fear, but we need to push through the fear so that we can, because if you push through that fear, there are great things on the other side. They're usually even bigger and better than you could ever imagine. And you find strength, (laughs) you find strength in, yeah, in pushing through fear. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think.
1: Awesome. So awesome. So what do you want to say to our audience? What do I want to say?
2: I want to say, life is short. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Um, That, you know, be kind to yourself, be kind to the people around you. Try not to judge. Try to really empathize and understand because we all have struggles. We all wear masks. You know, I did a I, I did a presentation, a big speech last night, and I was talking about the mask. I believe that I was wearing a mask many, many years, what I call the first part of my life. Yeah. I've removed that mask. I'm a lot more vulnerable. I'm a lot more real. I'm a lot more honest than ever before. And it's nice. really great. It, you don't have to worry. It's easier. It's so much easier to be me
1: That's right. than to be
2: me with the mask. And awesome. I, I would wish that people could could also discover that for themselves.
1: Definitely, because you're the best at being Jackie. <laughs> I, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Jackie,
1: thank you so much. Well, you're welcome, Esme. to Success podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to esmelawrence.com. That's E-S-M-I-E-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.